Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Michael, Bryce, and Riley. Before we start the show today, we have some <laughs> Patreon shoutouts. Was that a Bigfoot mimicking a bird? Yep, yep. Uh, this is a list of all the wonderful supporters of the show who have joined The Other Side, our Patreon feed, where for a pledge of $5 a month, you can unlock three to five uh, bonus episodes. Thanks to everyone who's joined uh, this past month, uh, especially during this difficult time. We really appreciate the support. Uh, Without further ado, here it comes. The shout outs. Zoe Egner. Thank you. Michelle Connor. Thank you. Gabby Loporto. Thanks, Gabby. Samuel Bennett. Thank you. Hannah Verdison. Thank you. Kate Littlefield. Thanks, Kate. Christopher. 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 Sorry, Christopher. <laughs> Thank you, Christopher and Christopher. <laughs> Bunny Tree Evil Eye. Thanks, Bunny. Monique Nicole. Thank you. Jess. Thanks. Jordan Perez. Thank you. Stephanie Powers. Thank you. Haley S. Thanks. Leslie Travis. Thank you. Mark Minnick Jr. Thanks, Mark. Lindsay Ann. Thank you. One word. Nettie. Thank you. Katie Gonzalez. Thank you. Peter Ewell. Thanks. Jared Coe. Thank you, Jared. Jessica Kirk. Thank you. Seth. Thank you. Sean Pinello. Thank you, Sean. Robert Dean Ware. Thank you. Barbara Westmoreland. Thank you. Paige. Thanks. Rich India. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Richinia. I felt bad. I got distracted because I felt like I said Paige on a downbeat. So I'm going to go Paige. Paige. Thanks, Paige. <laughs> Richinia. Thank you. Carrie Sanchez. Thank you. Nevette Faulkner. Thanks, Nevette. Papa Woody. Thank you. Scott Whitehead. Thank you. Timothy Fry. Thank you. Cosmic Haha. Thank you, Cosmic. That must be the trickster spirit that keeps getting into our uh, Zencaster. Totally. <laughs> Quit messing with my Zencaster. <laughs> Gustavo Ramirez. Thank you. Andrew Mullen. Thank you. Crystal Lee Famalama Ding Dong. Thank you. You guys yes. are getting creative. I appreciate it. Here comes <laughs> Flemily. Thank you. Ah! <laughs> Aly- Alyssa DeMasso. I'm imagining that's Emily who has a phlegm problem, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, we thank you. Uh, Alyssa DeMasso. Thank you, Alyssa. Amy Wilkins. Thanks, Amy. Megan Miller. Thank you. Graham Boykin. Thanks, Graham. Jay O'Connell. Oh, yeah. Jay O'Connell, true crime Bigfoot. Thanks, hey, Jay. Hey, thanks, Jay. Um, And I'm checking the Gmail right now to see if we had any other uh, shout outs today to give. Uh, no, 
that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Oh, actually, I believe Kara Sexton, you yes. came in at the last minute, Kara. Kara. Fantastic. Oh, thank you, guys. We love you. Uh, you know the information. You can join us on the other side if you want to. Uh, we'll ha- we'll be happy to see you there. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the show. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. Guys, Wet Hot yeah. Alien Summer blazes on. Alien you summer. know it. Hell yeah. Ooh. We're focusing on stories of the extraterrestrial variety here on the podcast and our Patreon series, Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side. Uh, Right now, the latest release, you can hear Riley talking all about the strange structure out in the California desert known as the Integratron. Integratron. Uh, You have to say it like that. It's a rule. Integratron. (laughs) Uh, Really fun. I just basically repeated uh, Bryce's joke, so we're off to a great start. Uh, (laughs) But you definitely, if you love Riley, and we all do, you got to hear this Riley Files episode. Uh, For just a pledge of $5 a month, you can support the show and unlock three to five bonus episodes every month. Patreon dot com slash bigfoot collectors club. You heard the shout outs. You know what it's about. Um, And then, guys, big news. For uh, for those of you asking for new merch, guess what? Oh yeah, we have a brand new wet hot alien summer T shirt. Oh by, yeah, by the amazing James Maholland. He's the guy who uh, designed the album cover for Bigfoot Collectors Club. That awesome Bigfoot with the tent in the woods it shows up on your favorite podcast app. Um, James has knocked this design out of the park. Yeah, uh, it's so cool. Hmm. Maybe my favorite thing we've done. Yeah, it's a super awesome retro 80s sci-fi feel. It's got sort of a worn look to it. Uh, so you can go over to wearecampfire.media, our network's uh, website. Click on shop and then scroll down and you'll find the new shirt, Wet Hot Alien Summer by James Maholland. Uh Very cool. I got to get one myself. Okay, guys. Let's begin the show. Uh, today's guest, she needs no introduction. She's a comedian. She's a TV writer. She's a best-selling New York Times author. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, godmother of the Bigfoot Collectors Club, Jen Kirkman. Yay! Hi. Hi. Yay! I'm excited. Jen! Hi, guys! This- Hi, Jen! So nice to hear you guys. It's so nice to hear your voice. Yeah. This is the second time during uh, the pandemic that we've had you uh, on our uh, virtual podcast uh, in our virtual podcast clubhouse. Uh, how are you holding up? We're checking in with all of our guests. I know it's well. I'm no. I'm not surprised it's still going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, agreed. 
even if we had done everything correctly, uh, this will be the rest of the year, if not early next. So there's no sense of what, oh my God, I have to readjust to more staying inside. You know, I'm pretty used to it. I think I'm okay. I have my moments, but (laughs) you know what, to be honest, I have less, less hours of the day are bad than they are good. I wouldn't even say one hour a day is bad. I'd say I have a solid 20 minutes of just pure freak out. And then I get along with the rest of my day. I think that, that (laughs) I think I might have the same thing. And, and Sometimes mine isn't even 20 minutes in a row. It could be broken up throughout the day with different yeah. topics. Will I ever touch a human again? What if my parents die? Oh, I, I might need to work. You know, it, all different topics as related <laughs> to the pandemic. <laughs> yes, yeah, so just a nice sprinkling of chocolate jimmies of, of, of uh, fear all day long. But uh, not too bad. I'm holding up okay. Bryce, Riley, we haven't checked in with one another for a minute. How are you guys doing? Bryce, you 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 go. Me go. I I'm yeah. doing great. I love it. I can't take enough <laughs> of it. I want to just stay home with the kids forever. We can't tell if you hate your family or not. <laughs> you know, what? No, I'm uh, I, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's uh, I uh, I like Jen. I loved her answer. I think I'm okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. You know. Look, I'm I'm fine. With the family's good. Um, it's, it's just, it's scary times. I think a lot about, um, you know, look, I'm, I'm doing okay. Right. Like my bills (laughs) are still getting paid. I have a house over my roof, over my head and food on my table. And, and it's, it's not easy living. I mean, you know, we're struggling, but God, I think about everybody else who this really has affected, who are you know, God getting thrown out on the street and those mortgages are coming and bills are bills are fucking keep coming. And I don't know, it's scary times, man. It's just, uh, you really get the sense of what it might be like, like, you know, right around the time of our first great depression and, or even right around the time of early thirties, Germany, you know, you're like, so it's, let's uh, have a little of both. Let's have a little bit of both. It's, uh, I don't know. It's exciting times. Exciting probably isn't the best word, but (laughs) I'm with you though. I like how everyone these days answers how you're doing with like sort of a half question. Like I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I think I'm all right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm good overall. I don't know. You know, same. I I miss people. I miss shows and going places. Um, But you know, we're I I'm I'm in the same boat with Jen. When when this thing started happening, I was like, oh, this is like this is this is it for a while now. It just it just you could just see it all playing out. So we're here, and uh, you know I've been expecting it. Grace and I are working on the backyard. That's like a new Philip the Day project, and um, smashing rocks with a sledgehammer. It turns out is a really <laughs> oh. great way to deal <laughs> with all of this. Wow! Just channel all that. Uh, all of that uncertainty into the end of that sledgehammer, and you're okay. I so. think we need to close out this episode with an outro of just the sound of you smashing rocks with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, I, I can make that happen. That's definitely what I will be doing when we finish recording. <laughs> well, we. Uh, I'm glad you guys are all hanging in there. We hope you're hanging in there at home. Uh, now, for the next hour or so, let's just slip away into the world of the weird and take our mind off of reality in its most mundane 
and painstakingly frustrating form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this is an Elf Files episode. Uh, we're going to crack open your listener stories. Uh, and if you have had a brush with the world of the unexplained, please write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And you might hear your story right here on the program. But first, we have some breaking... BCC News! Never. We'll never get it. That's pretty good. All right, Bryce, why don't you kick it off? Uh, I know you have some wet, hot alien news for us. I do have some wet, hot alien news, and I'm actually pretty <laughs> excited about this one. So, you know, as as I follow a lot of, uh, well, just hashtag UFO Twitter, there's a lot, lot of talk on the airwaves about uh, what's coming down the pike at the New York Times. So much so, in fact, that Mysterious Universe um, writes, the New York Times appears to be preparing another huge UFO revelation. Um, Paul Seaborn reports, if the rumors circulating amongst the UFO research community are real, the New York Times may have to add a second motto, all the UFO news that's fit to print. After being the leader in breaking the USS Nimitz Tic Tac UFO videos and stories, and the existence of the Pentagon's secret advanced aerospace threat identification program, known as ATIP, a number of sites are dropping hints that the New York Times has another blockbuster revelation on the verge of being released to the public. What could it be? Get ready to be shocked, disappointed, overwhelmed, underwhelmed, or other. I don't know, quote, (laughs) if you saw it, but in the last few hours, an indiscretion has begun to circulate in the UFO world that the New York Times is preparing to document the existence of a government program to recover crashed UFOs. <gasps> um, yeah, so, and I'll stop reading as I always do with my uh, with my BCC news and just kind of spitball it from here. But uh, a lot of talk has been circulating, especially with those Davis-Wilson documents, which Richard Dolan called, called the leak of the century, um, which appears to uh, put a lot of detail and proof into the idea and the fact that there might be special access programs uh, that are tasked with recovering crashed retrievals, um, which is really interesting, right? So if the New York Times is working on this, uh, which so many of these uh, you know, UFO writers and bloggers are talking about, probably because the New York Times is reaching out to a lot of these guys, asking for quotes and research materials, and that's how these rumors get circulated. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what bomb drops comes out of the New York Times, because the last time they did it in December of 2017 with the revelation of a $20 million program that was tasked with uh, researching UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, um, you know, it really changed the paradigm of how the general public viewed UFOs. True. No more was it such a taboo or silly topic, you know. The giggle factor kind of got let out a little bit and people were like, huh, maybe uh, maybe these things are real. Uh so it's interesting. It's very interesting to see. And uh, I'm really excited to look for it's supposed to drop sometime next week, I hear, uh, of what the New York Times is going to reveal and release. May I ask a question? Sure. There's now maybe I'm projecting or hoping there's something to this that, you know, anytime there is an unidentified flying object. Uh, that's usually what it comes back to is that that could be anything. It could be Mm -hmm. drones or some other countries developing a thing. There's something about this that sounds like there will be 
doubt that it might just be an unidentified flying object and that it's more going to be hinting and tipping to the side of from other galaxies. Am I crazy here? No, you're absolutely not crazy at all. Listen, there's been the naysayers that have come out against those three UFO videos that have been like, you know, said, oh, you know what? That's just a cold bird on their radar. And it's so stupid to think cold that these- bird. Cold yes, bird? Yes, it's like the cold bird theory, right? And that, that, that these- Wait a minute. So slow down. We like got, the bird is we chilly? Got that's what the I bird, thought you meant. Yes, the bird is chilly, and that's how they're coming up on these gun radar cameras I, as like these sort of like white anomalous things flying over the ocean. It's so fucking ridiculous. I'm glad you're laughing because it's so stupid <laughs> to think that these U.S. Navy pilots flying multi, you know, million dollar craft that carry your nuclear armament can't tell a fucking bird from an object that's outmaneuvering their F-22 Raptors. It's so yeah, silly agree. to think. Right, we we got to work on the cover stories. That one's not that was how, not cutting it. I don't yeah. understand how a, a a cold bird would be alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, let alone flying. Right, like the no. bird needs a little cardigan. Like I'm yeah. chilly. Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> right. It's it's so ridiculous. I mean, this is coming from these scientists who just want to debunk the fact that these videos released by the government by the Pentagon are anything other than you know something mundane to this earth. It's so fucking ridiculous, you know? And look, this isn't just happened from December, 2017 on people have been seeing and reporting these same objects that do these incredible uh, physics defying maneuvers for centuries, if not thousands of years. But finally we're learning now that our government hasn't stopped, um, you know, checking into these things and spending our taxpayer dollars uh, researching and uh, providing government-funded programs to try and assess these things. Uh, it's been happening ever since the 50s. It continues on to this day. And, uh, and, and you know, this could be a real bomb drop that what they're actually doing is there might be a crash, uh, crash retrieval program, a crash recovery program. Uh, very Roswell-esque, very very uh blowing the lids off this thing so it's crazy it's just an exposed mass grave of dead cold birds that <laughs> <laughs> well trump did say something you know he can't uh hold in classified information very well he tends to shout it out right and he said something bizarre just in his one of his stream of conscious th things uh, a few weeks ago, he was like, Area 54, very interesting things that, you know, yeah. he was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don Jr. In, uh, interviewed his father on uh, on Father's Day, and he asked what so many would want to ask, you know, what's what's going on with Roswell? Oh, that's you know, what it was. To, to which he replied, very, very interesting things happening. I've, I've learned a few things, and it's very, very interesting. So I don't know what he was hinting at. Well, um, I'll tell you what's going on in Roswell. Not a whole hell of a lot. That <laughs> army base isn't even that air force base isn't even like functional anymore. So there's right. nothing going on in Roswell right now. Well, of course, he was referring to the famed uh, 1957 crash that took place in that. Uh, in 1947. That area. 47. My, my fault. Thank you, Michael. Heaven. Thank you. Where 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 supposed uh, where a supposed disc crashed and uh, and bodies came out of it. Three little three and a half foot bodies. Um, yeah. So interesting stuff. Fun, fun. Okay. Well, <laughs> moving on to the world of weird stuff. Uh, guys, this Chicago Mothman story Ooh. will not 
die. Uh, Jen, I don't know if you have uh, were present for one of these stories uh, this past year, but uh, people are seeing this giant black winged creature that a lot of people are dis- describing looking like a demon. Uh, other people <laughs> are saying looks like the Mothman from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, back in the 60s. It's a giant black entity with glowing red eyes. And it's been seen a lot this year in uh, in and around Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Wow. And we there was just another major sighting at the end of June. Uh, and I'm reading some of this from SingularFortian.com. Uh, witness report terrifying witnesses report terrifying encounter with huge owl that had glowing <laughs> red eyes at O'Hare International Airport. So this guy, Manuel uh, Navarrete, is, works for a site called UFO Clearinghouse. He's been investigating this stuff. Um, he spoke to a woman who said that she and her friend encountered a huge owl with glowing red eyes that looked like they belonged to the devil himself near a wow. parking lot at Chicago, uh, Chicago's O'Hare International Airport on June 30th. So this is what the, uh, the witness said. I had just gotten off work and was walking with my friend towards the parking lot to go home. As we walked, we saw something fly over us. At first, it looked like a huge owl, but it was solid black. The thing flew over us and then landed by the edge of the parking lot and was just standing there. We again thought it was an owl until this son of a bitch stood up and was standing about seven feet tall. Wow! My friend shrieked, and that's when this expletive i'm gonna say fucker turned around and we saw two glowing red eyes that looked like they belonged to the devil himself mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. when we both screamed and this demon spread his wings out and lunged at us while screeching at us it sounded like a bunch of little girls all screaming at once <laughs> amazing <laughs> which is terrifying by the yeah, way if you totally. just saw that in a horror movie you would shit yourself uh, and was the scariest thing I have ever heard. We ran wow. for my car, and this thing acted like it wanted to come after us as we ran to the car. It took a step in our direction before it took off into the air and was out of sight in about three seconds. That's crazy. We could still hear it screeching as it flew off into the night sky. I can tell you that I never felt so scared and all but pit, uh, and all but pissed myself from fright. I thanked the Lord for watching over us and not letting that thing attack us or drag us off to hell. <laughs> mm, thank you, baby Jesus. Yeah, that sounds like more than a sighting. That sounds like a fucking encounter, like yeah. a close encounter. And the other woman uh, refused to talk about it. Uh, she didn't want to talk about it because she said she's been having nightmares ever since. She thinks it's the devil, and oh, wow. she's too scared to comment on it. But this this thing has been... We, we talked about the... Um, maintenance worker who was smoking a cigarette and saw saw it near one of the like runways or a warehouse building in o'hare yeah. listen to all of these sightings that have happened just in the past year or so um may 31st sighting by a pilot at o'hare international airport who said that he and his co-pilot saw a large black human-like creature fly up and uh, up wow. and into the sky uh while they were taxiing on the runway march 3rd uh, by investigator Manuel Navarrete again. Um, uh, he saw it near O'Hare, so this guy's been researching and seeing it. February twenty first, security guard at O'Hare saw what happened. Uh, what appeared to be a very tall human, but it was solid black with glowing red eyes. Yeah. January twenty third, from a man who said he saw an egg shaped object 
fly over O'Hare and shine a brilliant blue light to the ground through which a person appeared to be taken aboard the craft. What? Yeah, this this is this is fucking Mothman prophecies all over again. Yeah, it's like a modern day uh, Point Pleasant uh, happening because, you know, Jen, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they made a movie on the Mothman starring Richard Gere, but at at a point in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, wasn't it the 67, Michael, or something? Yeah. All these sightings, hundreds, tens and twenties of uh, sightings of like the strange bird with red eyes, UFOs as well. And it all sort of led to uh, to the collapsing of the Silver Bridge, which killed 60 plus some people on Christmas Eve. And people started seeing this, you know, these presents floating in this river in their dreams and stuff. So people often equate the Mothman to sort of a harbinger of doom. And as fast oh, as it God. came into this town, it just stopped. After that bridge collapsed, you know, the sightings just stopped. But they've been picking up again. 50 plus years later in and around the town of Chicago. Well, and this has been going on much, much longer. Is this in mainstream news as well? This is it. Not a little bit. Vice magazine covered it. Um, But this is, this is. Oh, that's pretty mainstream. This is basically from a cryptid website. That's making, you know, get it, you know, keeping track of all this stuff. I mean, listen, December 6th, there's a sighting. December 3rd, there's a sighting. November 26th, seven foot, Tall person with wings outside of O'Hare. September 29th, a toddler-sized bat creature running like a gorilla Weird. near Farrington. <laughs> I mean, October here's the 30th, thing, Jen, it's like- A large wing human humanoid in Park Ridge. Tw- October to all throughout October. This goes back to the summer of 2019 the, uh, of the uh, in and around O'Hare Airport itself. This is crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, so I'll put a link to this article if you guys want to go through and read about all the sightings. But this is like some re- real high strangeness. People already mm. have a hard enough time, especially scientists and skeptics, of dealing with the, the UFO phenomenon. Let alone when you're telling them there's a giant bat or a moth flying around with demon red eyes. <laughs> They're not going to take it seriously. But listen, this shit is happening. And you know what's crazy is this thing is probably or it might be related to the UAP phenomenon because a lot of times when people report this thing flying away, it doesn't flap its wings. It just sort of rises up and oh. with like a strange metallic buzzing sound and and floats off into the distance. So a lot of people think this isn't like, you know, just some giant bat, but it's part of this overall phenomenon somehow related to what UFOs are and what UAPs are. It's all very strange. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I cannot wrap my mind around it. So it, it's not that I think anyone's lying. I just go, uh, no. We got to go. <laughs> we should all get on a plane and go there tomorrow. Uh, now's the time. Yeah. If you're going to fly domestic in the U.S., now's the time to do it. Um, here, I have a question. Speaking of flying, is there any photos or video of this? Because you'd think if it's an airport, it's like one of the most highly surveilled places, especially an international airport, mm-hmm. one of the most highly surveilled places on Earth. You'd I've think seen a couple pictures some- online of people claiming that they have photos of it, but it's, you know, it's very small and blurry. I think we talked about one of those recently on the show. You know, it's funny, Riley, that you mentioned that because in 2006, I believe it was, mm. there was a massive UFO sighting above 
Chicago, uh, above O'Hare. That's right. Um, we'll I probably, remember that. We'll probably do that here the, at some point this before the end of the summer. But no one, all these people saw it, and no one got a video of it, and no one got a photo of it. So weird. So it's just, sometimes that's also seems to be part of the phenomenon, is like, right. wait, why didn't anybody get a you know, photo of this thing? Yeah. yeah. Really, really weird stuff. Something's going on in Chicago. <sighs> All right, mm-hmm. we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time to dig into your L-Files. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So worse, you're trying to defeat Darth Vader in a lightsaber battle and then yeah. you lag... And then everybody kills you. It's not fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lagging and drifting are the enemy to the game player. That's right. Man, I can't stop thinking about that Mothman. So it really makes me like, I don't know. It's just like if there's something happening, it's like you want to be a part of it. It'd be so great to like actually go interview some witnesses and and see if you could see the thing for your damn self. But, you know, there's a there's a book written, isn't there, Michael, on the on the Chicago Math, Mothman sightings? We uh, yeah, it's called the Lake Mich- It's the Lake Michigan Mothman. I Lake haven't Michigan read it yet. Mothman. But we gotta yeah, check. We it should out. think about that for our book club. Let us know in the comments uh, on our social media if you think we should do that one next. But before that, we have listener stories, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off here um, with a listener named Casey. Hey guys. I just discovered the podcast and and am addicted to binging these episodes. I already bought some merch. Please keep making it. We did, and you will love it. There are a couple of cool paranormal (laughs) experiences I'd like to share. The first is regarding the ghost dream visitations Jen Kirkman talks about in episode 12. Jen mentions her grandma saying, we're all young here. Well, when my grandma passed away in 2017 at the age of 93, about a week after... She passed, she visited me in a dream, and I don't remember if she said anything, but she did appear to me as a younger version of herself, of when her hair was still red and not white, and she was gardening, which she loved to do in life. Now, my father passed away about a month ago. I'm sorry to hear that, Casey. Uh, About a week after he passed, he appeared to me in a dream as a younger 
healthy version of himself sitting in his spot on the couch in our old house where we grew up, which isn't in our family anymore. So if my experiences mean anything, we are all young there, wherever there is. The second thing I wanted to share with you is the town in upstate New York where I went to high school, which is famous for UFO sightings and citizens reporting abduction experiences. The town is called Pine Bush. Oh yeah, that's, I mean a name like that, that's for sure you're going to get abductions there. And has an alien (laughs) festival every year with a parade and aliens painted on storefronts and everything. No way. Uh, Sorry, I'll quit commenting to myself on these stories. I haven't had much in the way of UFO experiences, but one time when I was out and alone in my in-law's yard in Pine Bush late at night, I did see some strange lights moving above the treetops in the distance vertically, horizontally, and diagonally in a way that does not make sense for any other aircraft. There was no sound associated with it. It looked just like a star, but was also not moving in the way a shooting star would. If you look into Pine Bush, you'll probably find some cool stories for the high strangeness section of the pod. Maybe you already have. I'm only on episode 15. Again, I'm a big fan. Keep doing your thing. Thanks, Casey. Well, thanks, Casey, for that wonderful letter. And yeah, you got a long way to go. Uh, I'm so excited for all the new episodes you get to hear. But that's crazy. What do you think about that, being all young in the in the afterlife? I'd be down for that. I'd probably go for my uh, 33-year-old self. Boy, that was my peak, I think. <laughs> Bryce's Jesus year ooh, was also his sexiest year. Uh, what What was 33? Why I don't 33? Know. I don't know. I just, it just, it's my favorite number. And yeah, it was, uh, it, uh, I don't know. I just felt like, uh, that was before the gray started coming in on the old, on the old beard. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel good about 33. That's all. Fair enough. I have a new theory. Well, please share. Well, you know, when I had that dream, all that, of course, is very true. But I was also in my, I think I was, Bryce, about 33. Okay. And I think my interpretation then was very literal because, again, my Nana looked younger. But I wonder if it's not just that we're, because as I'm getting older now, of course, I don't want to walk around thinking, well, being young is the best thing you can be or else I'll be pretty miserable from here on out. So I think, I wonder if it's more like when we're younger, and I mean even young, 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 a baby, there's a sort of newness and innocence and taking it all in that makes people younger on the other side. Mm. And it, and our mind can't quite comprehend, so we just picture them looking young, but maybe they're a little more free of some of the, I I don't know how to explain it. So you're basically like baby ghosts (laughs) kind of look like babies. (laughs) Yeah. In a weird way, because let me put it this way. It's, it could be one theory to say, well, when we're younger, we're free of our aches and our pains, but let's say somebody is disabled and they're 18, you know, they're, that's not necessarily being young is keeping them from having aches and pains and, you know, challenges. So I wonder if it's more less about a young body and more about a young, they're closer. You know, I feel like we come here from a spiritual realm and then you're returning to it. Yeah. So you feel young again and, and our brains don't know how to comprehend that message. So we, we paint a picture in our dream of a young face. 
I think you're spot on. I think it's, I think, you know, if, if there is some sort of interaction with the afterlife, then our perception or our observation plays a direct part, right? So, um, you know, maybe that's where our memories were the strongest, or maybe that's how we, as the uh, perceiver, want, want to think of them, you know, um, as young and healthy and vibrant. I mean, look, you know, people do report older ghosts and people do report all different kinds of strange apparitions, but yeah. Believe it or not, something like this happened to me two nights ago. <gasps> um, and this will really? this this has a whole different perspective on it. But uh, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> for those of you who have been following my uh, Instagram, uh, you may know that my dog, Violet, uh, had to have surgery this week because sadly uh, we found a mass on her spleen. Um, and hopefully everything's OK. She's recovering really well. But um, it's been a rough summer because, uh, you know, I lost my bulldog, Albie, at the beginning of May. So to go through this so shortly after that, it's been not fun. Uh, but the other night, um, she was home. She'd been home for two nights. She was sleeping in bed with me. And again, she's doing great. Um, I, I would have to say this was around three o'clock in the morning. I was... This I will call this a dream because it felt like a dream, but I could f- I felt what seems to be Albie jumping up into bed with us. Oh, weird! And, and I uh. could hear him walk over to me. I could hear him sniffing Violet, checking on her, and then coming over to me. I could hear his little snorts. I could feel the heat of his breath. He leaned up to my ear, licked my ear. And I, before I like opened my eyes in the dream or whatever this was, I was like petting him and I could feel his, just perfectly feel his, his, the way he felt when he was alive. And I opened my eyes and I looked at him and there he was. And he looked about five years younger. He looked like him in his prime. It was really cool and it wasn't scary it wasn't um i was so super happy to see him i was just like hey buddy and he kind of like you know did this little wiggle and then <laughs> and then like that that he he went away and i drifted back into the you know realm of sleep or whatever you know i i definitely think it was a dream but it felt so real and i could tell he was younger because just he had less gray and he had an eye operation uh, a few years back and he had two both of his eyes were really good so he looked like he did before, like when he was in his prime so i i don't know it, it there's something to this and you would think like why would we even have physical forms on the other side? I guess we don't know, but I do like the idea that probably, and I think this goes along with what Jen's saying, that maybe your essence sort of reflects yourself in what you felt or your body felt to be the prime of your life. I don't know, mm. you know, yeah. but uh, it was very strange, um, but it was really cool. And it was very, very real, even though I'm pretty sure it was just a dream. Um, but yeah. And then Pine Bush, we got to go there. I just yeah, pulled that up sounds, the, that uh, sounds amazing. I just pulled up the uh, the uh, their website. And of course, like everything else, it's canceled until their next one, June 12th, 2021, upstate New York. Fun. Yeah. 
pine bush. Very cool. And guys, if you've had any UFO encounters, write those in. We want those, and we can do a big um, UFO story, uh, L-Files episode at the end of Wet Hot Alien Summer. That would yeah. be really, really fun. Especially if they were wet or hot. Yes. And occurred during the summer. That would and be definitely if they were aliens. <laughs> no cold birds. Yeah. No cold Don't birds. Don't write with us with your fucking cold bird theories. Keep that to okay? yourself. <laughs> Want wet hot aliens. <laughs> we'll have a cold we'll have a we'll have a dry cold bird winter. How about that? Love it. Done. <laughs> All right. So this one's called Visitation at Night. Back when I was about 15 or 16, I had a strange encounter. It was the middle of the night, around two or three in the morning, when I rolled over from my bed with the feeling that something was very off. In my head, I felt a sensation that can only be described as swimmy. Like that feeling of confusion when you're swimming underwater. But if you turn upside down and the sensation of being upside down feels more unusual than it normally does when you're above water, it might not make sense. But that's the only way I can describe that. While I was under the sensation, I felt like I wanted to move but couldn't. I don't know if that's sleep paralysis or not, but I have a distinct memory of feeling like I was unable to move. All right, so at the time, this is when things get interesting. I had an iguana. If you're unfamiliar with this type of lizard, they can grow to be fairly large. It was also around this time that we built a large cage from an old kitchen counter for the base. Some lumber and chicken wire for her with a little ledge that she could climb up the wire and sit on uh, near a lamp. That sat across from me in my room and was about four and a half uh, feet uh, tall and about two feet wide and uh, five feet long. A fairly large cage. Because iguanas are cold-blooded, God damn it! I told you guys no cold, no cold <laughs> what do we say? birds, no cold <laughs> reptiles. The cold iguana theory. Uh, because they're cold-blooded, I usually left the lamp on most of the time and just got used to sleeping with it on. We kept the house fairly cool in the summer, and that's not really something iguanas can handle. So I like to keep her comfortable by keeping a lamp on her to stay warm. And as you can imagine, with a cage that big and a lamp at the top of it, there was a pretty decent amount of light in my room. There's a lot of buildup here, oh, yeah. uh, we listener. We we I'm learning so much cage. about iguanas, though. <laughs> yes. By the way, this is going to be its own separate Patreon release, just us describing, just describing the iguana, uh, iguana's habitat. So uh, the doorway and the corners of my room were really the only things that were slightly darkened at night. I bring up the cage and its light levels in my room as a point of clarity because I wanted to be clear, uh, clear enough that what I saw couldn't be shrugged off as a trick of the lighting. It was far too well lit to think there was any shadows in the dark playing tricks in my head. Okay. So when I rolled over that night and opened my eyes, I looked straight ahead towards the cage and there in front of me, about three to four feet away, were two figures. One tall and one short. I don't know why, but my instincts gave me the feeling that the shorter one was perhaps younger. There were no defining features for me to know that, but I either felt it or deduced it by comparing its frame to the size of the taller one, which was slightly bulkier in appearance, but still fairly slender, much like the smaller one. The other thing about the two figures is that they were faceless and didn't have any clothing. Their bodies looked like what I used to describe as a moving or shifting sand, but with a humanoid-looking figure to them. Two arms, two legs, one head, etc. The outward appearance was almost like it was static in a TV, but with a distant, distinct sandy-looking texture. 
but moved in much of the same way that the white noise of TV static appears to shift or move ever so slightly. They had no face and no other distinguishing features, nothing. I've come now to believe that perhaps this is just now my brain was how my brain was comprehending their appearance. Like this was the form they had here maybe, or that perhaps it was some kind of perception filter of some kind. I obviously don't really know that for sure, but the more I think about it now, the more I feel like it, it was being obscured for me than it did that this is what the what was in reality, uh, and perhaps I wasn't looking at the at the real thing. So not long after I noticed them, the tall one, which was now sitting, spoke to me. Like I said, there were no features, so I couldn't see it talking. I just heard it. It said, everything will be okay, and nothing else. It didn't make any gestures or any other movement or speech, only that. I could still not move or talk back, but I was also overcome with this feeling that it was in fact okay. I just felt fine, tired, but fine. And within the moment that that it happened, I began feeling even more tired and fell back asleep again. I closed my eyes, and the next thing I remember is waking up to a bright Sunday morning. I've never felt threatened by those things, although part of me feels like I should have, if that makes sense. They were, in fact, uh, intruding on me, and perhaps it's instinctive, though. I don't know what you call that kind of experience, a hallucination somewhere between sleep and wakefulness, or was it really there? Did I really see two figures in my room made of some kind of sandy material, or maybe obscured by it? Or did I dream it? Aliens? Ghosts? I don't know, but it's a vivid memory. I've had it for years, but no one else in the house experienced anything like this, of which I am aware. And like I said before, nothing else like that happened ever again. But a few months back, I began dreaming of them. And I'm not entirely sure if it's a coincidence or if I was perhaps more scared than I remember. Weird. So where, that's where's the iguana set up payoff? Uh, you know what? You have to go to the Patreon <laughs> to find out. Um <laughs> This isn't the first time we've heard stories of yeah. these staticky figures. Shadow people, right? Well, there's shadow call. people, but there's no also way. there's also static men. We've mm. had we've had this on the L files before and we've looked yeah. it up that there's sometimes these shadow entities also look like static entities. Wow. Something about that static entity thing to me is very scary. Yeah. Like it, it also just seems like so like plausible, like some sort of interdimensional I don't know, something. Totally. It's it's uh it's really just a freaky thought yeah. that uh fuzzy being. Jen. Um this is something I can't wrap my mind around and that's usually what happens a when I can't wrap my mind around something and <laughs> b um if it's something that would scare me, you know, I tend to want to wrap my mind around things that I want to be true. So because I don't want this to be true, I'm like, no, 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 can't, can't think about it. Like it just scare me. <laughs> but the one thing I will say is that whatever it is, it's relieving to hear that they're saying everything's going to be okay. You would wonder why they couldn't uh, look like things that make us feel that way. <laughs> yeah, like right. they're kind of, um, in the wrong costume for that message, but (laughs) (laughs) I also, I know how to calm this guy down. Let's get our super scary, ultra thin, staticky, Sandy, no face costumes. And let's just go watch this guy sleep and then tell him everything's going to be fine. A hundred percent. So I think they're mess. They may need like a rebrand at some point. I also think sometimes 
this is my, I'm just going to turn this into a, a psychological thing is I wonder if sometimes we tell ourselves things are going to be okay, but it's hard to believe. So we kind of imagine this other being telling us because that, that it's easier to believe when it yeah. feels like it's happened to us than when we tell ourselves we're, you know, if I tell myself it's going to be okay, I kind of, it's not that soothing. And so I wonder if somewhere, if it was a dream or wasn't real, if that's why that kind of thing happens. And then if it was real, these things need better branding. Totally. <laughs> like a, like a psychic reassurance of, of, of everything going to be okay. A subconscious psychic reassurance, you know, famed Swedish uh, psychologist, Carl Jung had no problem with the idea that our psychic energy could actually manifest in, in, in physical form, you know, and, and there, maybe there is something psychological there about, you know, God, we are living in such a crazy time. Did, I don't know how recent is, did this take place, Michael, did it say, or, well, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. It's but, been in the uh, past because he said, right. uh, yeah, he said, uh, he was about 15 or 16. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Oh, okay. He well, was a teenager. Whatever, he or I mean, she you know, was a teenager at the time. Yeah, these are these are trying times before and now. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you might be spot on to something, Jen. You always have such good instincts for these things. And I loved your verbiage of of the wrong costume, <laughs> and that that elicits such a, a a visual cue. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this could be our own way of telling us, you know, through difficult times that it's going to be okay. You know, so we just have to hear it from someone, or better yet, something else. Love it. All right, Jen, what, uh, what, what story you got for us there? Well, I love this because, um, you know, I love Christmas. This story involves Christmas and it's Christmas in July. And I just bought a Christmas tree a few days ago because they were having a sale no way. at this place that I've always <laughs> wanted to get a tree from. It's going to be a white tree this year, Ooh, which I think will be kind of cool. So anyway, it was half off and I thought, you know what? I don't need it right now. I put it in the closet half off. Okay, You'll great. be happy when when November 3rd rolls around and you put up all of your Christmas decorations. <laughs> That's right. Okay, here we go. Hello, Michael, Bryson, Riley, and Jen. I recently listened to an episode on The Fat Man in Red, and it reminded me of something my twin and I experienced on Christmas Eve night when we were around seven, I think. At the time, my mom and stepdad were living in my Nana's old house. She had moved to Tennessee with her old crotchety husband, not my grandpa. <laughs> You'll find in this story that that detail doesn't need to be there. And I love I love her for that. We, we're getting more and more just like background information as these stories yeah, come in. I like it. That, that <laughs> just help color the world, but really aren't necessary to paint the, the picture. Just yeah. like I'm going to take down this step grandfather of mine any chance I get. So anyway, my parents are divorced, so they alternated holidays. This year, we were with our mother. As youngins do on Christmas night, they get up and plunder around the presents. My sister and I were up plundering as usual. Okay, so I guess I'll have to explain the way the house was sitting so this makes sense. <laughs> there we go. If I remember right, the front door faced the south. Looking at the front door, the windows were on the left facing the woods go figure. So we were up and talking. It was dead quiet. And we hear what sounds like walking on the roof. I was raised on a farm in the country of the deep South of Alabama. So I know what animals sound like when they walk. This sounded like hooves, 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 which is it? Hooves, hooves, hooves. I'll take hooves. Both. <laughs> 
The moon was full this night, so we look out the window and see the shadow of something on the roof. We look at each other wide-eyed, asking if we saw what we think we saw. It scared but excited us. I remember going to my mom's bedroom door and peeked in to see if my stepdad was still in bed. He was a major jokester, and we thought he might have been the culprit. He was sound asleep beside my mom, and that's when we started freaking out. I forgot to mention we heard bells and maybe a soft ho-ho-ho. It stayed on the roof. We freaked the fuck out and went back to bed and covered our faces with the blanket. Guess we fell asleep because the next thing I knew, it's morning. We told the parental units, and they kind of laughed and brushed it off. My sister and I have talked about it over the years, and she still remembers. I think that experience was what got me into everything paranormal. And Bryce, I definitely believe in mermaids. You are not alone, LOL. I have a couple more weird things that have happened to me over the years, and I'm more than willing to share them with y'all another time. A mermaid lover, Felicia. I love this story. I'm also going to say maybe it was that crotchety old step granddad just <laughs> actually trying to do something nice for the kids. And instead you freaked out. They had moved to Tennessee. And Jen, uh, I noticed you left out one little detail. I just skipped a sentence. And this is a spoiler alert. Christmas spoilers, everyone. Christmas spoilers. <laughs> if kids are listening, Christmas spoilers. Um, she said... <laughs> As a kid, I never truly believed in Santa. Like, I always knew it was the parents. So, because uh, that was my question, was like, why weren't they excited <laughs> about the fact that Santa was on totally. the roof? And, and instead of terrified. But I guess if you don't believe in Santa and you suddenly hear animals and a man <laughs> on your roof, that would be terrifying. Yeah. I can't believe I skipped that part. That's the most important part of this story, because it's not someone who is wishfully thinking and kind of making it happen. Right, right. Yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Jen? Because I, I thought this was a good one for Wet Hot Alien Summer, even though it's, you know, a wintertime story, because one of the most popular UFOs of all time has to be Santa's sleigh. Yeah. It flies around in the sky. It's got a red light guiding it. Who knows what, you know, uh, it's magical. Uh, it, <laughs> it seems to accomplish a lot in a small amount of time. Um, That's a great point. But we've had a uh, we've we heard stories on our Christmas episode that we did with Betsy Sodaro on Santa of people actually seeing manifestations of Saint Nicholas. Sure. So wow. It's weird. It could go fall under the Topa category where if enough of us are believing in something or, you know, that it we sort of manifest it. That would be nice. <laughs> she be... said unconvinced no I, i'm saying it like oh you know what now i'm thinking that but you know i'm not sure because again the, the most important part is that they didn't believe in santa and i was going to say that well you know i think i stopped believing in him rather young but i just remember this one night coming home from church on christmas eve and we were standing in my driveway and it was a very clear night it was dark out and i could see the north star and it just that magic sense in the air from excited about Santa or just presence to a little spiritual, just this felt special, you know, obviously because I just went through this ceremony that was like, this is a special night. So I get it. But, and then I swear I saw kind of a light through the sky and I swear I, that night I heard bells on the roof, you know, and my parents weren't doing that. And, you know, I just think it was like, 
wish fulfillment. Mm. But again, this mm. wasn't that. So I don't know. It, it could be, I I don't know. Maybe there's a neighbor that does all that kinds of crazy stuff. I, I truly don't think it was Santa, unfortunately. God, but yeah, something made that. Something made those bells. Jen, Jen, it was me. <laughs> You've forgotten to believe, Jen. Oh my now God, I- you guys hear this? Jen, I need you to move to a small town in Maine this Christmas where through a few uh, mysterious misunderstandings, you shall fall in love and also discover the true meaning of Christmas. Oh, oh and uh, footnote, I'd like to see a, a white Christmas tree uh, in your house this year. Oh, my God. I just said that. Wait, you guys, Michael, Bryce, Riley, yeah. did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. No. What are you talking this about? This guy just shut up. Play it back later. This guy just came on and goes, it's me, Santa. Was that you, Michael? No. No. Weird. I just got up for a glass of water. Weird. I'm freaking out right now. I'm sorry about everything I said. There is a Santa, and I'm sure that was him on the roof. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll see if the Easter Bunny shows up. <laughs> Santa? <laughs> Is that you? Santa, are you banging around in <laughs> On the roof? Jen's <laughs> office? <laughs> All right, we're back. We're reading your L files with Jen Kirkman. Bryce, what's your next story? All right, I got another one. Here we go. Uh, this one is called Utah Bigfoot Story for Bryce. All right. Um, maybe you titled that, Michael. I don't know. Hello, Bigfoot boys. Love your show. I saw you all at FanX in Salt Lake City, and it was the highlight of my year. That's amazing. When all this COVID shit is gone, please come back for a visit. We would I mean, to. you know, to to her credit or this person's credit, uh, not much happened after that because we've all been locked in our houses during a pandemic. So God, no kidding. But we'll take it. Thank you. This story isn't mine, but raises the hair on my skin every time I tell it. Last year, I was down in Zion National Park with my co-workers on a work retreat. We took a jeep tour up in the dense Zion Forest, about 6,500 feet up. This was some dense-ass forest, (laughs) which, while I have lived in Utah for 12 years now, this was my first time going to Zion and was very surprised at how dense the forest was. While we were up there, out of nowhere... There was a cow just stuck up there and scared the fuck out of me because at first I thought it was Bigfoot. I proceeded to ask our Jeep driver if he's ever seen or heard of any Bigfoot encounters in this area, to which he laughed and said, you really believe that? You must be the kind of person that also believes in aliens and likes to talk walks, take walks through cemeteries. Uh, Utah equals the biggest skeptics ever. Um... Yeah, I have a lot to say on that. After our Jeep ride, my coworker asked me if our HR manager has shared her Bigfoot encounter with me. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. HR? And while, yes, I am afraid of her, her name is Haley, she's pretty damn dope. So one day, I worked up the testicular fortitude, walked into her office, and asked her about her experience. Let me paint the picture for you. After an hour south of Salt Lake City... Uh, a suburb of Lehigh, Utah. Haley lived right up against the East Mountain. This was around 17 years ago when she was just about 13 years old. The story goes, her and her three friends were hiking up this ridge very close to their homes. They had hiked it a few times before, but never this close to dusk. As they were hiking up, one of her friends, 
let's call her Chelsea, kept looking behind her like someone was following her. Haley had enough and finally asked Chelsea, what do you keep looking at? Chelsea responded, it feels like something's following me, like, like someone is just right on my heels. Haley scoffed back at her. Well, if you look back again, tell me so I can look too. They made it up to the top of the ridge. It was getting dusky and they decided they should finally leave before it gets too dark. They were about a third of the way down when finally Chelsea told everyone to stop. She took Haley and pointed out what she saw. Haley told me he was on top of the ridge where they had just come down from. It was a very tall, dark figure and said she felt like he was looking at all of them. They saw him and he saw them. Suddenly the figure started to run after them. So naturally they started running. Haley said this thing was running so fast. The scariest part? She said when he was running downhill, he tripped and just continued to run on all fours. They got down out of the forested area and he was gone. They never spoke of it again. A few weeks later, Haley and Chelsea were babysitting Chelsea's younger sister, Allie, who was about seven or eight. She was upset about something, stormed off and said, I don't want to live here anymore. I hate that big dark man in the woods. And scene. It should be said that Haley is a very level-headed skeptic. She'd have to be for being in HR, am I right? She was very uneasy telling me the story and got scared all over again. She's, she's an avid outdoors woman and goes camping a lot. She said she's never had any experiences since, but she said she tries not to think about it a lot. I 100% believe her story and think it's quite scary, at least one I'll never forget. Stay weird, my friends. Keep preaching that spooky word. Well, there you go. Yeah, well. Right. Saw Bigfoot, obviously. There's, there's a Jeez. lot of uh, animals showing up in these stories. Like, what happened to the cow? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... First of all, I uh, hope we don't have to beep out uh, this person's name that said about a million times since we've identified what city they're in and what their job is, basically. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that, but uh, everyone be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, Bryce... There seems to be a lot of Bigfoot sightings in Utah, especially around like Provo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Seems to be been a flap there in the past uh, year or so. I mean, what's your take on this? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, first of all, there's a couple things that stand out in that story. One is that she saw it up on the ridge, you know. Uh, a, a lot of people call these things ridge walkers. They use the ridges to sort of um, traverse their way, uh, you know, up and down the mountainous range. And, uh, and then, yeah, when this thing ran on all fours, there's, you know, there's people that report these things that, you know, they can easily go from two feet to like running on fours, somewhat like a gorilla, you know, it's, uh, so it's very strange, but it definitely sounds like they encountered a, a Bigfoot as strange as that may seem. Look, you know, Thousands of people report seeing these things from eyewitness accounts to to photos to trackways to to hair samples. So people are experiencing something in these woods and they all seem to point to a large hairy creature. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, man. It's 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 crazy. You know, I think there's something to the Bigfoot phenomenon. So um, it wouldn't surprise me in the least that that our friend Haley actually might have encountered one. I get scared whenever it goes to, and then it got on all fours. I don't know why that part always scares me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because that's when I think, oh, it needs to go. I don't know. I, I go, whatever the thing is, 
It's primal. Yeah. It's primal and also seems demonic. Like there's something yeah. dignified about, I'm a Bigfoot, you know, I'm, mm. I'm a, I have, I use two legs just like you people. But then when I get on all fours, I'm a demon dog. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Absolutely. Listen, I sort of collate and collect some of my favorite and what I think, uh, you know, offers some of the best evidence for Bigfoot uh, in video form. And there's one that immediately I thought of, 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 of a Bigfoot creature, what looks like a Bigfoot creature doing that. It's sort of running after this camera person and immediately goes down to all fours and picks up speed. And it, and it's, and it's just sort of like moving along like a, you know, like a gorilla would using its knuckles and its, and, and its feet to, uh, to sort of maneuver on, on all four. And, and it just did that so effortlessly. It was, uh, it's crazy to think that, yeah, you know, maybe these things are sort of a, uh, you know, a descendant of some sort of, uh, primate species like Gigantopithecus. Who knows? I have no idea. Um, I'd love to, to get a close look at one someday. Maybe you will. Maybe I will. Jen, uh, why don't you read us your next story? Um, Hey, guys. I'm the listener from Lawrence again. Do they mean Lawrence, Kansas or Lawrence, Massachusetts? They do. This is a listener who wrote in on our last Elf Files episode, I believe, with Mystic Dylan and Adela Levine. She had had a photo that had a green orb on it that we decided was a glitch in the new iPhone camera. Hmm. Got it. And I know you grew up near Lawrence, Kansas. I did indeed. And my favorite topic is the movie the day after was about Russia nuking Lawrence, Kansas. Anyway. (laughs) I don't think I've seen that. Check it out on YouTube. It was a made-for-TV movie that aired in the 80s uh, to scare us all about nuclear war, even though unlike COVID or anything else, we couldn't do anything about it. So it's not like any action we could take. there's so there an, <laughs> an awesome episode of the Americans where like they all watch that TV movie and it all fucks with them. <laughs> like all the characters in oh. the show are all <laughs> fucked up by watching that movie. I love it. I certainly was. Oh, here we go. Hey guys, I'm the listener from Lawrence again. Thanks for checking out my photo. I'd never heard of the iPhone camera glitch, so I'm glad Michael was able to identify it. Now I'll stop showing it to people because I realize now that I just look like a dumbass. LOL. So, I wanted to get your opinions on an experience my family had a few years ago. For a bit of a backstory, it was in the midst of my parents' divorce, and this night happened about two weeks after my dad moved out. At that time, my mother was just heartbroken. My sister was angry with my father, and they only fought when they talked. For me, I wasn't speaking to him at all. Keep in mind, my father was alive during this time, and he's still kicking today. I was asleep in my mom's bed with her, and at some point in the night, I woke up to the feeling of someone tightly hugging me. It was like a textbook bear hug, but it didn't exactly feel comforting. I opened my eyes and saw my mom fast asleep still. So realizing this was someone or something unknown, I basically began having a panic attack and endured it until either I exhausted myself and fell back asleep or passed out. Who knows? The next morning, I couldn't get that experience out of my head. I noticed my mom and sister seemed off too, and they both said they didn't sleep well. I decided to tell them what I had felt in the night, and they both immediately just froze. 
My sister told us that she had a dream that my dad was in her room screaming at her. She said he was enraged and started taking all her pictures off her walls and throwing them on the ground, smashing them. When she woke up in the morning, all her pictures were on the floor. Hmm. Not smashed, but as if they had fallen. My mom's experience is what really scares me, though. She said she was sleeping and woke up to the feeling of my dad kissing her. She told us that it felt so real she was convinced he broke into our house. She jumped out of bed and searched the house for him, checking the windows and doors, but everything was normal. I believe this was someone posing as my dad to either mess with us as a not-so-funny joke or scare us. We lived in this particular house for a few years, and it was constantly filled with dark experiences. One being, when we were moving out, we came back to the empty house to clean it. My dog, who had passed about a year before this, would always greet us by stepping onto the tile floor of the kitchen with his front paws and his back paws still on the carpet. So the sound it made was two click-clack steps of dog paws on the floor. When we walked into the house to clean it, we heard the distinct sounds of those two steps of my deceased dog. I refused to go in after that. Sorry for the long story. What do you guys think? Thanks. Hmm. I, I don't think... Uh, man, the dog thing doesn't seem dark to me. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the, dog, the, the right. dog part was a nice little relief at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Riley, what do you think? It sounds like your dad is a malevolent wizard. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> maybe it was Santa Claus? Maybe Maybe this is the same family where, you know, maybe the dad and the step-granddad, who's crotchety old man, are the same same dude. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is strange. The picture thing is strange, especially after seeing it in a dream. Yeah. Um, maybe some weird entity feeding off the angst in the house, or I don't know. Is it possible the dad snuck into the house that night and freaked everybody out? Could be that too. Mm. But I did think about psychic projection or something somehow, some sort of, I don't know. It reminded me of that. I agree. I, I don't think anyone came in and played a prank, even the, the dad. You know, if it was only the, the daughter having that dream, you would think, oh, well, her pictures fell off the wall and she heard it in her dream and then right. turned it into that in her dream. But that's not what happened. And I do think it's some kind of psychic projection that everyone is sharing and it's trauma based. You know, I think there's like such a mm-hmm. connection. I've never been able to explore it or read more about it so that I can come on this show with anything intelligent to say. But I feel like a lot of times I want to say there's got to be some psychiatric uh, connection that can appear supernatural. Like, yeah, you know, definitely. That's undeniable to the whole conversation. Yeah. Listen, if every, you know, think in terms of like, you know, everything needs an energy source, uh, you know, and perhaps these, you know, manifestations or, or spirit entities, uh, they can use sort of traumatic psychic energy to, to fuel themselves and to, you know, move things or to walk through the walls or to, you know, make noise, uh, who knows, but it's, God, how many times do we hear? It's like, you know, you know, you said that, 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 that in that letter, they said there was a lot of dark times, you know, perhaps, um, whatever this thing is, is, is using that as an energy source to, you know, manifest itself in some strange way. Yeah. And as a, as a counterpoint to that too, like the brain itself is really 
complex and mysterious and is going to protect itself. And so it, if, if it is undergoing trauma, it's going to process that trauma in a way that it can handle it. So there's a, there's gotta be some sort of that taken into account when you're looking at paranormal experiences and stuff where, I mean, the consciousness itself is a paranormal experience just to, to be self-aware, you know, is so you can't rule out, you know, your own perception in the, in the paranormal conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, all these things, everything we talk about from, from UFOs to Bigfoots to, to ghosts, to, uh, you know, entity encounters, they could all be a manifestation brought forth by us as a human species, you know, this Mm -hmm. could all be coming from us, you know, uh, and uh, that kind of vibes with me in some strange way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it becomes like a circular thing, right? Because like, where are we coming from then? You yeah, know, totally. like, where did our consciousness come from? If this is coming from our consciousness, then where does the consciousness come from? And yeah. yeah. Just getting a feedback loop forever and ever. Yeah. Mind before matter, for sure. Speaking of feedback loops, why don't we close out this episode with Riley's L-File story? What do you got, Riley? All right. Uh, this is titled the maybe not so blessed one or blessed, blessed. Uh, my name is Abdo and I'm writing you from across the pond, Morocco. Cool. Cool. I've been there. It, oh, I want Rag. to go there. Jealous. Badly. Yeah, seriously. I filmed a very bad movie there that I started. <laughs> Some people really like it. It was fun. Uh, all right. Uh, Anyways, uh, that's The Hills Have Eyes too, right, Michael? Yep, yep, yep. That yeah. was it. Not, you, not, great work. Uh, anyways, I was born and raised in a Muslim household that has stoutly believed in Allah along with a myriad of other preternatural entities of which spiritual apparitions prove part and parcel. Wow, what a sentence. Okay. The encounter I am to relate has haunted the back of my mind for as long as I can remember. When I was five years old, I went to visit my grandparents for the very first time. My grandparents live in a village that is an hour away from my hometown, and it was populated by family members ever since it was founded, until the promise of a better life in the city made them move away or death snatched them away. This person's very poetic. Mm -hmm. This person's from Morocco, writes better English than any of us. (laughs) Seriously. I was sort of thinking that. I was like, Abdo, I'm going to hire you to write our stories of high strangeness from here on out. (laughs) All right. Our visit only spanned three days, and on the day before the last, I was out with one of my aunts at dusk tending to the cattle, tracing our footsteps back to my grandparents' place of residence. Once we were a few steps away from the house, I saw a woman dressed in impeccably clean clothes standing by the olive tree nearby my grandparents. Before my aunt could tell me who she is, I called her by her name, Mbarka, which translates to the Blessed One, and I walked towards her to say hi. I do not recall her saying anything apart from patting me on the head, giving a nod to my aunt, and and beaming benevolently. The encounter over, I sprint into the house and tell my mom about how I met Mbarka and how warm she was, at which point my mom relinquishes the vegetables she was peeling for dinner, looks me dead in the eye, and asks, Did you say Mbarka? I answered in the affirmative, and she took me to a family portrait that hung on the wall in the other room, and she asked me to point out whom it was that I met. The moment my finger singled out the woman, fear strikes my mom's face. She pulls me into her and starts reciting verses from the Quran that are meant to protect me. My mom later told me that the woman I was supposed to have met had been dead for years. Mm. I 
I protested that I had met her indeed and that she could ask my aunt to collaborate the claim, but she knew better than to ask her sister as the latter had suffered a major psychotic break that rendered her unreliable. Wait, so wait. That's confusing. If you, she, was that? So he said, uh, talked. Oh, she, she had the psychotic break after the experience. He mm-hmm. wasn't hanging out with his aunt when she had already had the break. Okay. Right. That's what it confused me. Anyways, I never, ever had any contact with Embarka apart from that one incident, but I haven't been able to shake off my encounter with her for years. That is, that is the story. Um, but so this was a family member, though, but that was dead. Yes. And not- mom was freaked out that the dead had returned, whereas the boy was like, no, it's like, like this, a, is this is like a nice, beautiful lady by the olive tree. And the aunt went insane. And apparently, side note, the aunt's crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. That's This is, again, so many just details around the edges of these stories that we don't <laughs> get further <laughs> glimpse into. Uh, but that's I think really beautiful story. Yeah, it sounds like beautiful. Yeah, not so bad at all. Like, I think he went to his ancestral beautiful. home, saw one of yeah. his ancestors there, got to meet. You know, she came to meet him. Maybe a great grandmother, a great aunt. Yeah, that's what it sounds um, like to me. I think that's a peaceful story. Jen, what's your take? Yeah, my take is um, there's like two classic themes here that that um, you know wait a minute, there's no way you could have met her. She's dead. You know, that thing. She's been dead mm-hmm. for 20 years, which I love because it's, in, which ties very nicely into the child is like, what? It's it's not that weird to me. Again, bringing us back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, younger people, there's less clouding their brain and less judgment and less, no, I don't accept that. It's this innocence. It's this, well, sure, I'm closer to the spiritual realm. That makes sense. I saw her. I don't care if she's dead. <laughs> that yeah. I saw her. And adults just, it's too much for adults. You know, mm-hmm. they they fight this and they-, they Less need- conditioning. Yeah, there's less conditioning. And I think it can even make adults angry and shut down. And, and it's too bad because it could be a really beautiful moment between an adult and a child to, to go further. Well, well, tell me more, you know, I, I just think it's, it's a really nice, and, and, you know, to be honest, maybe that's why she appeared to someone younger. Right. Maybe yeah. she's been there and, and completely visible, but not to the eyes of, as you said, Bryce, like a conditioned adult. You know, to sort of factually back up what you're saying. Um, so in the, in the reincarnation literature, uh, what you'll find a lot is that these people, you know, these young, young kids who have these vivid memories and details of their past lives, so much so that they can name names, locations, dates, and faces, it all starts to fade away when they're around like six or seven, um, you know? Yeah. So there, there is something to that, 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 that perhaps, you know, um, as you're younger, you know, and when you're more open to just ideas and strange phenomena in general, then then you're going to experience more of that, you know? And as we start to go through our, our, you know, physically dense world, then, then we, you know, we close off some of those circuits and, and uh, yeah, who knows, but there, there, that definitely makes sense. 
Spooky stuff, guys. Spooky stuff. As always, you listeners and your iguanas and your cows and your Bigfoot stories. We love mm-hmm. it. Uh, write to us, please. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com and send us your UFO stories this summer, please. Um, okay, that wraps up another episode. I want to thank our guest, Jen Kirkman, godmother of Bigfoot Collectors Club, Woo! for joining thank us you. once again. Um, Jen, Bigfoot is found in the woods, but where can you be found? <laughs> uh, the opposite of the woods. <laughs> Indoors. <laughs> but online, you can find me at jenkirkman.com. And I would just say go there, and that's going to take you to where my podcast is and where my books and albums are and anything you need to know about me. So just jenkirkman.com. Enjoy that. Fantastic. Amazing. Uh, and follow us on Instagram, Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, on Twitter at Bigfoot Pod, and our merch, as we said, head over to wearecampfire.media, click shop, blast away. Please give me a follow on Instagram at McMills. Bryce is at Mr. Bryce Johnson. Riley is Peace Drone. Um, boys, anything else to plug before we say goodnight until next week? Yeah, I just want to plug my uh, – if you didn't know already through my social media, and I've developed a new game, a game board, a board game uh, called Dirty Picture Cover-Up, and it's real simple. You draw a dirty picture, cover it up, get judged, and win. Uh, anyway, check it out. Go to go to the website, thedpcugame.com. Read the origin story, how I came up with this game, and uh, you know, sign up for our newsletter. We're about to start pre-sales. Uh, be the first one to get your hands on a DPCU board game. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. Uh, Riley, uh, what's the status of Club Rice's uh, everything oh, completely absorbed by The Strange? Is it available on iTunes yet? It, it's coming out any any day now. It's been released to the streaming providers, and it is going through the processing. So if it's not up by the time this episode's airing, it will be shortly. So put it on your summer playlists. Share it with your friends. It's... Uh, worldwide baby club rice okay oh um, i'm proud of you guys i can't wait to hear it you may want to drop a tab of ecstasy before you play <laughs> yeah. it i'll definitely do that that's really fun to do when you're sitting alone in a pandemic <laughs> i just start rubbing the couch there you go that's so awesome okay everybody uh until next week i remain michael mcmillan for bryce and riley we love you guys stay safe uh stay at home if you can uh stay out of the woods don't go anywhere within six feet of bigfoot uh again thanks to jen until next time good night and go get regressed (laughs) yay all right Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month.
Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.